Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd like to invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church this week. We have one service in the summer at 10 a.m., Japanese and Korean translation is available, and we also live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, we're back in our summer series, Who Do You Say I Am? And this week, I Am the Light of the World, from John 8:12. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, Hoffa Day, Chris. This question that we're Uh, approaching this summer, who do you say I am, is actually a question that Jesus asked. He asked it of his disciples. In fact, it's recorded in three out of the four Gospels. And uh, the answer is not just a simple, you know, you're Jesus. That wasn't what they're looking for. It It was so much more. And the reason we're asking this question is because we think it's true that every one of us at some point in our lives is faced with a similar question. Who do we say Jesus is? And the answer to that question, the way that you and I personally answer that question, is incredibly important uh, for our future, our eternal future, and it's important for you know our life as it's lived out today. And so uh, fortunately for us, Jesus doesn't leave us questioning what the answer should be. He actually answers it in a series of statements throughout his ministry. I am. Uh, And so we've been just deciding that we're going to talk through these I am statements. I am the bread of life. This week, we're going to talk about I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd and others. And each of these I am statements of Jesus gives us a fuller picture of who he is and ultimately his call and, uh, you know, the responsibility that we have, the opportunity that we have to follow him. So we've been having a great time in that series. We'd invite you to come and join us this Sunday as we dive into John eight twelve. The answer, I am the light of the world. The rest of the verse says, he that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, uh, boy, I don't know uh, for about those of you that are listening, but there's a lot of people that this this idea of just kind of walking in the shadow of darkness is so real to their lives and to be able to have the light of life. This is what the scripture gives us. And we're privileged and thrilled to have a special guest with us in harvest time today. Miss Linda Perez is here uh, with us in studio. She's actually back on Island after being gone for a while. Linda, you've been a member and part of Harvest for 20 years, I think. Is that right? Correct. Yes, since 2003 when Dervin uh, started school here at Harvest. Okay. He was only three. Yeah, and God's done such a neat work in your life and in, in Dervin's uh, life as well. Linda has been uh, battling cancer for a couple of years, and we're going to talk about that. I want to ask you about that in a minute. And been off island and uh, has now really the typhoon has allowed you to come back and really uh, in the process of transitioning back to back to Guam after some treatment. We'll talk about that, but uh, but let's start maybe more from from the beginning of your story and God's work in your life. You grew up here, right? Yes, I did. Okay, where did you grow up? Tell me a little bit about your life growing up on Guam. Okay, I I grew up here. Um, 
actually, I was born here, born and raised here in Guam in 1966, April 19, 1966. Mm. And I was born at uh, Yeah. the hospital there. And uh, since then, I've been here um, up until the age of 17 when I went off to college in Oregon. I've, um, I've been gone for about 10 years after that. Mm-hmm. And then I finally returned to Guam. Started working at the hospital, and then I relocated again after a year because I felt like I still needed more experience. Um, well, I graduated as a respiratory therapist, and I felt like I needed more experience still, so I left to Hawaii, and then I stayed out there another eight years. And then finally I decided to come home. I had a calling to come home, and not long after that, my father passed away. Mm. So since then, I've been here in Guam. And uh, until, until last year. Darvin, your son uh, really grew up at Harvest, and yes. you did, you know, last 20 years. I think you said he was three when he yes. started coming to the academy, and then you guys got connected here at the church. Just tell me a little bit about your spiritual journey, your your spiritual story, how your relationship with Jesus, how did that begin, and what God's done in your life? I grew up, I was born and raised a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so for a long period of time, I was a Catholic until... Until, I was in 1990, when I had encountered a situation where I felt lost and I felt like no one could understand my situation and I was reaching out for answers and I couldn't get the answers I needed until one day I got on my knees and I started crying and I'm like, Lord, you know, if you really are who you are, then show me who you are because... I can't see beyond my problem. I can't see beyond the situation that I'm faced with. And um, somehow I felt, I felt calmness. I felt uh, peace. I was listening to a radio station. I forget what radio station that was. And the um, person uh, leading the the radio station was praying. And there, that's when. Um, they talked about, or she talked about, um, surrendering your life mm-hmm. to God. I didn't understand that yeah. until she went deeper and she started reading um, scriptures in the Bible. And then my cousin, Mike Cepeda. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Cepeda, one day he and I were talking, and then he, t- he asked me to follow him to a church. And uh, we went to that church, and this is an agate. And... From there on, we just started to connect, and he gave me a Bible, and from there on, I just started reading and learning about Christ and taking the risk because my entire family, they're Catholics. And uh, there were, at, at that time when I went with Mike to church, uh, it was a church service, there was an earthquake actually occurring at that time. Mm. And, uh, and so the pastor then was, you know, hallelujah, praising God, and I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, <laughs> How can you praise God? How can you thank God at a time like this? And when I saw Mike's calmness and praying and are you okay? We're going to be okay. And he had that calmness. I'm like, wow, I want, to, I want, I want what he has. And then from there on, I started to learn more. And I, I decided to surrender my life to God. So. That's so great. I hadn't heard that connection with no, Mike. Of yes, course, I know yes. that you've known him, but I didn't realize it was your cousin. Yes. And that's awesome. You know, your story, Linda, is very similar to a lot of us, a lot of people. 
but that idea of just this brokenness and mm-hmm. lostness and uh, cr- calling out to God and surrendering mm-hmm. our life to Him um, and how God met you there, right, yes. in, in that moment. Um, and, uh, and then connected you here at Harvest in 2003, about 20 years ago, and then you and Dervin have just been such a vital part of our Harvest family yes. all these years. Dervin now is, uh, I just finished, graduated from college. He graduated yes. from Harvest, yes. went to college. He's now getting ready to start, uh, got accepted into physical therapy school, right? Yes, yes. Doctor of physical therapy. Yes. So, yes. In the East Coast of the States, he'll be launching here this fall. Yes. Yeah, I know that you're very proud of him. Yes, I am. Uh, and the conversation that Dervin and I have been having is that we are grateful to God mm. because. He knows and I know that if it wasn't for God, he wouldn't have graduated the way he did. He came, he graduated strong, especially when I was going through my cancer treatment. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was amazing what God had, what did at that time. Yeah. Because we couldn't see beyond our, our challenges. Darvin has a love for God. He's got a sweet testimony for God. And yes. We're thankful for that. You're um, so let's talk about that. A few years ago, how, how long ago did you get your cancer diagnosis? It actually was last year. Okay. Um, how this all started was um, Darvin had COVID, and he had been telling me that he's been getting headaches. And one day I said, Darvin, you know, you keep complaining about the same thing. He says, Mom, I'm having vertigo. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I said, Dervin, do you need me to come out? He says, Mom. So Dervin was in the States at yes. college, you know, in college. You were here yes. in Guam, okay? And so then you said, do you need me to come out, right? Do you need me to come out? He says, yes, Mom, I really need you to come out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to my boss. I'm going to fly out first thing tomorrow, you know, or the day after my boss gives me permission to leave. And so I went to my boss the following morning, and I told her, I said, my son needs me. He has COVID, and he's been getting headaches, and I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't want to overlook uh, an aneurysm or a brain tumor. I need to go. And she said, okay, and I flew out. And that was February 9th when I flew out. And uh, I had bought my ticket, but my brother, you know, asked me if I bought my ticket already and if I did he wanted me to cancel and I'm like why he said because I wanted you to fly first class mm-hmm. I said oh okay so I canceled my ticket he got my 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 first class ticket and uh, flew out comfortably he, he was worried about me being stressed about my son I, I arrived there February 10th and uh, I rested and then I took Darren to the nearest urgent care and I had him seen and so I was telling the doc, you know, I said, you know, Darvin? I mean, I was telling Darvin, I said, you know, since you're going to get seen, I might as well get seen. Because I've been having, like, stomach pains, and I don't know, it's because I'm stressed about you. But the doctor did a whole complete, a whole complete um, test on me. She did lab works, x-rays, and everything like that. And she told me that, um, or actually she asked me when would I be going back to Guam because she knew I was just there for my son. Mm-hmm. And she asked me when I was going to return, and, and I'm like, not another week or two. She said, well, you need to see your primary care physician as soon as possible because you're bleeding and we don't know where you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
She asked me if I had any blood in my urine or my stools. I said, I've not experienced anything like that. And she said, well, you need to see your physician because you're bleeding. We don't know where it's coming from. And if your hemoglobin drops and, uh, you know, drops a, a notch down, then you need blood transfusion. And I'm like, I'm not flying anywhere. I'm going to find me the nearest internal medicine to help me with this situation because I didn't know I was sick. She goes, you're critical. And from there on, I mean, they were really booked, but yeah. she was able to squeeze me. And I said, you know, I'm mm. bleeding. I'm not from here. I just learned that I'm bleeding at the urgent care, and I don't know where I'm bleeding. And uh, so the nurse talked to the physician there, and she said, we'll take you in today. Mm. And then after that, after that, that doctor's appointment, she, she uh, connected me with a um, gastroenterologist. And it was so fast, you know. They squeezed me in in all their appointments, and um, the, it's such an amazing story, Linda. Yeah. Because you, you know, the, if you hadn't been there, yes. if you hadn't decided to go in, you just really wouldn't have known no, about this, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's exactly. all part of God's leading, and yes. you know, God's hand of protection over you. Yeah. So I, I met the uh, gastroenterologist, and we went through the colonoscopy and endoscopy. And that's when he's, he saw a mass. He said, you know, you have a mass, it's huge. And uh, we don't know if it's cancerous. We, we took some biopsies, but more than likely it's cancerous. And, and then he said, I'm hooking you up with a, a surgeon because we need to get that thing out. And then I met up with my surgeon uh, a week later and um, we scheduled for a surgical procedure. I mean, it was so fast. Everybody was just mm -hmm. moving so fast. Yeah. And she said, hopefully it's not, it didn't metastasize. It's definitely cancer because based on the biopsy. But she said, hopefully it didn't metastasize, meaning spread through my lymph nodes. Right. So I went through the surgery, the surgical procedure, and she told me that, you know, the mass was huge. Um, and Part of the protocol is to get tests from 15, at least 15 lymph nodes. But she told me that instead of the 15, she did 33. She mentioned that the reason why she did 33 is because she wanted to make sure she didn't overlook, you know, the lymph nodes that possibly could have had it yeah. versus the 15, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's... <sighs> You know, we prayed. Darren and I prayed. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, please, I don't want, I don't want this thing to spread. I don't want my lymph nodes to be affected because that would mean. And she told me this would mean chemotherapy. So the following week after after the surgical procedure, I met with her, and that's when she said, you know, we have um, some bad news. And that's when she told me that, you know, I'm stage three cancer, colon mm -hmm. cancer. Um, she said it did, it hit, well, out of the 33, it hit one lymph node. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to question God. I'm like, I prayed. I, I you know, Lord, I trusted you. I, you know, I was going through all that, yeah. the, all the emotions. Sure. And, and, and one, and, and just one, you know, why did you allow just one? You know, why didn't you just not have any of them affected? So I cried throughout the night. 
And it was Jeremy's dad, and I had that conversation. He goes, when I told him, I said, you know, they, out of the 33 lymph nodes, uh, they found cancer in, in one of the nodes. And he says, great news. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? That's not great news. Mm-hmm. And he goes, think about it. Only one out of 33. And then I started to think, yeah, you're right. One out of 33. And, um, and then from there on, I mean, people were, I didn't share my story about me having cancer because first of all, I had to absorb what was happening. I had to think about my life. I'm not in Guam. What's going to happen? Yeah. Here I am in a place I'm not familiar with. You know, I need to go back to work. How am I going to provide for Derevin? How am I going to, you know, take care of my bills on Guam? How am I going to take care of all my stuff on Guam, my life in Guam? I'm here, Lord, you know, how could you just... And really, it's like, in my heart, I know God is a wonderful God. Mm-hmm. But that moment, it's like my life changed. It yeah. drastically changed. It's like, how am I going to handle this? Well, there's so many things that are affected. I mean, you know, just the uncertainty of every part of your life, you know, right then, it kind of weighs just Mm -hmm. all of that crashes down on us. And I didn't want to tell anybody. I I just told you, and I said, you know, let's just keep this between us because first of all, I need to to understand what's going on with me. I need to absorb what's going on with me. I need to deal with what was going on with me. And more importantly, if God says who he is, I need to know that. I need to know him. So I kept it quiet. I said, Lord, it's you and me. It's you and me. Show me who you really are. I know who you are based on all these other stuff, right? Through the scriptures, through experiences and all that. But today, it's you and me now. I was trusting him throughout the whole time with my life and just putting everything, you know, in his hands. That's how I had to look at it because I was afraid, I was worried, I was anxious, I was everything. Nothing made sense until he started to show himself. And I'm sure he was showing himself, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't see him. I couldn't see what he was really doing. And I'm like, you took me away from my life. What was I, what I consider my comfort zone, my normal way of life, and now you're taking me in a totally different world, and I don't know anybody here. So I'm going to trust you with my life. So, Linda, from that, from that time, you know, that night and those days of really feeling alone and, you know, just you and me, God, mm-hmm. tell, tell us what God did, you know, kind of from that point. Um, when, when I was... Going through the, the, the TSA, those, those scanners, mm-hmm. that was the start of, of God letting me know that something's, something's happening here in your life. Because every TC, TSA scanner that I went through, I was pulled aside and, and inspected. I mean, they would evaluate sure. me, asking me questions. Do you have any medals? Do you have any weapons on you? And every time I see that figure, there's a figure there there's a, a, a red dot that would, would show up mm. on that screen, mm. on that, that, that figure. And then I'll, you know, and then I'll go to uh, the next one that was in Japan. And at that time, because of COVID, they had to redirect us to different parts of the airport. So I had to go through two TSA screenings. And they pulled me 
to the side again and ask me if I medals and you know all the all those questions and I'm like wow here's another two that I'm going through again so three all together finally in new work when I arrived there they I went through the TC screening again and I'm saying excuse me ma'am can this thing detect any mass or cancer or anything then she said I don't know ma'am I don't know what to <laughs> tell you you know so I'm like oh something's not right mm. and that was the and so here's you know after talking to the to the ER physician when she told me it was bleeding it was interesting how God had prepared my my trip yeah because my brother can't told me to cancel my trip and on first class, I slept the whole time flat. Mm. Now, can you imagine how long it takes to get from, from Guam to the East Coast? It's a very long trip, at least over 20, 20, 20 hours to 24 yeah. hours. So can you imagine me sitting up bleeding internally, mm. not knowing that whole time? Yeah. And here, my brother out of the blue just says, I want you to rest. And so I laid down. And so that was... The TSA screening mm. to my brother, that was already got got yeah. God's hand at it. Yeah. And um, Linda, we have just a couple of minutes. This time goes so fast. Can you tell us um, about how God kind of pulls this pulled together? Pulled everything together? Yeah. Okay, great. When I met with all these doctors, now keep in mind I'm working. Yeah. Okay, so I take leave, right? And in order for these, for me to take leave and be supported by the leave that I have to get paid, these doctors have to give me a medical certificate to say that they saw me or this is how long they want me out of work. A lot of these physicians in the mainland, they do not give you more than the day that they see you. Mm -hmm. For example, if I saw the gastroenterologist, he can only give me one day of leave, the day he saw me. Uh, the, the surgeon, the day she saw me, one to two, right? Now, all of these physicians were speaking the same language, and they said, we can't, we can't. It's against our protocol. But I said, you know what? I have lots of leave. I have sick leave. You know, I will get paid if you support that, if you show that, you know, I was going to be out there that long, or I was out there that long, you saw me. And all of them said, said the same thing. However, this is how God worked. Each physician, somehow God put it in their hearts to say, we're going to support her. My surgeon gave me three months of leave, of medical certificate, you know, keeping me out for three months. My uh, internal medicine doctor gave me two weeks. The gastroenterologist gave me three days. And then my, my chemo doctor gave me all the way up until just recently before I came back. And that's all God. That's his provision. Yeah, it's because it's been a long run. Yes, And God's yes. just provided for you guys in every way. Yeah. And here's another thing. People that I don't know from agencies here in Guam, from Guam Memorial Hospital to uh, Guam Power Authority to um, Guam Community College to the University of Guam, all these people were just coming together just when they heard. I don't even know these people. Yeah. And they came together and provided. So God provided financial. By, by donating like do their days, right? Their, yes. Yeah. So he took care of us financially. He provided people. He provided um, even the housing because mm. I don't live there. Darren was staying in the dorms. 
there there's a couple that, from the church that learned about my situation and they handed Darvin the key to the, their house mm-hmm. and told Darvin that we can stay there while they were out of state and it was just amazing because financially we you know this you know everything had turned and so a home was provided for months you know the hotels were also helping us out there are just people coming together to help us and so I'm just so grateful to God because he showed who he really is and he did not abandon me Amen. he didn't forsake me Amen. he um, you know he he keeps his promise yeah. and you know he loves his people mm. and I, I encourage everyone to you know when they're going through their their trials or their hardships when things seem so damn he is who he is Amen. and he loves his people he'll never you know he keeps his promise and you know at times i would say lord i don't deserve this i don't deserve any of this and and sometimes i'll say lord you know jokingly i'll say how about your favorite? <laughs> you know, how <laughs> your favorite? Because I don't deserve Amen. this, you know. Yeah. But he really he makes you feel that you're you're special. You are that yeah, you're, you're, you're unique. So good, Linda. and you're special. Yeah. yeah. And um, Linda, people are going to want to know about the cancer. Yes. So tell me where we're at with that. Okay, so I um, when I got diagnosed with cancer and 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 was told that I had to go through chemotherapy. Um, I had just completed my course uh, December, like late, late, late November, early December, my chemo um, treatment. However, you know, every three months I have to be monitored closely because the type of cancer I have is is, is aggressive, mm-hmm. and and just so you know, um, it's a genetic, it, it's a it's a defective gene that caused my cancer. It's a hereditary gene. And, and the great thing about it is that I, I um, saw a genetic counselor. And so they did all these tests and they confirmed that it is a, it's a gene that's passed on. And just within February to current, there was five first cousins diagnosed with cancer, first cousins. So it's all my dad's siblings. And we've lost four of them. Right now, I'm the only one that survived this. Mm. But I know that God's purpose is for me to be here is to share about this genetics um, situation. And to encourage everyone also, you know, it's like I'm excited to, to be back home to share with people that if you have cancer, someone else in your family has cancer, you might wanna go and have a genetics test done to see if this is hereditary uh, situation because I'm sure that a lot of the cancers that are you know here on island is is a genetic situation for a lot of us so and um, so where I'm at today is every three months to six months I'm being screened I'm going through um, lab works and and CT scans and uh, PEG scans and all that. So there's a lot of stuff that they're doing for me. You're not in currently in any chemo. You're feeling good. You're, yes, right, I, yeah. I'm feeling good right now. But just so you know, this is my second battle of cancer. Yeah. My first cancer um, right after I gave birth to Dervin. 
So the, the, the gene that caused this cancer had already caused two of my cancers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate your testimony so much, yes. Linda, and your actually your desire to use what God has done yes. for you. I loved your statements about yes. God keeping his promises yes. and his love for you. And the story is amazing of yes. how, how many ways God showed his love and his provision to you for that. And I, I'm encouraged by yeah. hearing what God's done for you, and I know that many other people would be as well. So thank you for sure. being willing to share that story. And we're praying, we'll continue to pray, and we're so glad that you're home to yeah. be with this is your family we're yes. glad you're home to be with yes. your family again yes and um, again like i said it's in my heart to share who god is amen it's in my heart to to encourage everyone to to surrender their lives and mm. to trust him with it amen thank yes. you linda and thank you for listening to harvest time of course at this point in the program We always want to invite you again to services at Harvest Baptist Church. We meet at 10 a.m. Sunday morning during the summer. We have Japanese and Korean translation available at that time. And we also live stream the service at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.